Whether you're a professional athlete or a seasoned corporate executive, it is easy to enjoy a lifestyle where a paycheck is calling all the shots. But is that sustainable forever? Welcome to Tell Your Boss I Quit with Pete Gutekunst, founder of Good Financial Services and financial planner with Raymond James. Pete helps you financially bridge from the journey you've started through the life goals you've imagined. Sooner or later, by force or by choice, life takes turns. Listen as Pete discusses how to take charge and make your move on your terms with confidence. Do you know the difference between net worth and net cash flow? You may not think it matters, but it can be a major planning tool when looking at your income in retirement. Pete Gutekunst is the author of Tell Your Boss I Quit, and he's going to explain what you should know. I'm Patrice Sikora. And Pete, the third chapter of your book is titled, Know What You Spend. And while that makes sense, why don't you explain why it is just so important? Yeah, well, it, it, it really drives all of the other decisions and it, it just informs the purpose. And we always talk so much about purpose on this podcast and, and in the book, Tell Your Boss I Quit, but it, it really drives everything else, that, all the decision points. And what I find is that when people are working, uh, what they're trying, you know, what, what they're spending just kind of comes kind of easily and they don't really give it all that, that much of a thought. And so the reason it's so important is once you tell your boss you quit and you turn off that regular paycheck, now we're trying to figure out where is the money going to come from? And so that's why it's, it's so important to understand what it is that you're spending, because if social security is enough to cover what you're spending, then obviously that's a very different perspective on what your investments need to do. And so if we have investments that are needed to generate income, then the question becomes, do we have enough investments, uh, enough value in our investments to generate that amount of income? And it will at last, you know, if people retire these days at 60, they're going to be retired for 30 or more years. So we have to be able to determine whether or not that is going to be able to generate enough income. So it really drives all of the other decisions. And when you're just thinking about uh, you know, do you want to take the family on a big Disney trip or something like that and spend, you know, and spend a big extra chunk of money on your family, uh, you know, and that's out of the character for your spending in retirement. Are you able to support that? And so you really have to think about the spending first, and then we can do, kind of back into everything else. All right. You've left your job. You've told your boss you're quit and you're, you're going out. Now, when you're retired and you start spending from your assets, does that mean your net worth is actually declining? I believe that most people think that. That's typically where where uh, the the real investor behavior I think takes a big dividing point. Some people are very eager to invest and very comfortable with investing and some people get to the point where this is all I've got and I've got to make sure it's going to last and they do the math and they start to say, "All right, I have $100,000 and I'm going to take $10,000 out a year and I'll be out of money in 10 years. And that's, you know, that's kind of the math that goes through it. But no, what's interesting is when we're taking, when we look at, at, at what you're spending and what you need from your investments, one of the things we're looking at is can we sustain an income from that? So it might be, you know, it could be dividend income. It could be interest. I mean, that's the most simple uh, way of looking at it is if you're earning 
say 5% on $100,000, that's $5,000 that you're, you know, you're, you're taking out of an investment every year, and that could be sustainable. Uh, and so that's really what we want to look for is what can we be taking from that? And what I see with many of the people we work with is some of them kind of embrace that early on. Some of them are not so sure. But when we look back 10 years later and we say, look where you started, you had $500,000 you've now withdrawn $300,000 so your net input was 500 you know less than 300 so you might think you only have 200,000 less but maybe maybe you have the whole 500 there maybe you have more and that's pretty common because if we're taking out 4 or 5% but we're growing 6 or 7% we're still increasing increasing the account and that's why that first question is why is it important to know what you're going to spend is then we can determine what we're going to be taking from those investments and whether or not it's going to be able to sustain you, or do you need to find a little side gig to, to some have some extra income, or should you delay Social Security a little bit longer to maximize that? So all of those things start to come together because you determine what you need to spend in the first place. Do you find among your clients, as people get closer to retirement and making that decision, that they begin to worry about investing? Maybe they say we need to get something safer now, and I'm not going to pull from that money? I think so. I think people do tend to become a little more conservatively minded in some manner of speaking. And, and that is also, again, it sometimes the pendulum can swing too far to too much conservatism. Uh, sometimes it can swing to a place where let's just use right now in the current environment, we're seeing interest rates rise and that puts pressure on bond prices. And yet that might be considered, quote, the safer place to put your money. And so under the under different investing environments, that also can change. And so that's when we start to look at, at having a little more of a balance between the two. So when people come to us, I find that their experience before coming to you know, someone who, who wrote a book, tell your boss, I quit and getting ready for that stage of life is they've been educated and, and, and led to think, how can I maximize what I'm going to get from the investments? And we look at it from the perspective of what is it that you need? And so there's a big difference there is that I would say that the investment strategy is a little more moderated, but at the same token, it doesn't swing the pendulum all the way back to ultra conservatism, like you're saying, where people might start to feel more and more risk averse. So we're still trying to balance that and try to maximize income and give people confidence that they're taking advantage of what markets can give them, while at the same token, they're not, I call it, you know, sticking your neck out too far and taking too much risk. You really have to have that moderated. And that's that's really our our expertise is to find those strategies that can support that well for a person throughout their entire retirement. How can someone have confidence that they're not spending too much? Well, it really comes down to a few things, but one of the, when we get together and we look at what we call our primary planning elements, which is kind of our net worth statement, it's a balance sheet, uh, but it also looks at what your goals are and what you're going to be spending from uh, you know, from your accounts. Uh, it will identify what you're spending down like a mortgage. Maybe that mortgage is going to end in a few years in retirement. So we know that's money you won't need to spend. But one of the things that we also look at is what is the assumed rate at which you're going to withdraw from your account? So back to that example, I gave 5,000 from 100,000. We'll look at, you know, if you have a million dollars and 
you need to make a, you know, a, and you are or plan to withdraw $30,000 a year from your investments. Well, that's a, you know, that's a low withdrawal rate. We're looking at, you know, a 3% withdrawal rate. So then when we start to talk about that moderate kind of investment strategy that maybe we have a reasonable expectation of, a, you know, what I would say a middle single to a high single digit return, we should be able to earn as much as or more than we're withdrawing. And so that's really where the confidence comes in is how much am I withdrawing as a percentage? And is that a number that I can you know, reasonably believe is going to support and be able to increase over time because of inflation? And so that's where, where when we look at it from that point of view, then we're having, again, we know what you need to spend. So is this going to be enough to cover what you need to spend? We now know how much of a withdrawal we need to make as a withdrawal rate from your investments. So are we invested in such a manner that is probable to support that over time? And that's really where the confidence comes in rather than just saying, I have a great investment idea and this is going to work because I say so. You know, We're really doing it from the point of view, this is a high probability because we know exactly what you need and we know this is a reasonable way to invest to be able to manage that over the long term. What do you feel is a good way to track the the net worth, the cash flow, and your goals? Because well, I did mention thing, but tracking them is something else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mentioned our our, our primary planning elements, and and uh, we are on the back of uh, Tell Your Boss I Quit. We have a link to uh, to download a sample of that. And what what that does, I refer to it as your balance sheet on steroids. And you open the conversation about knowing your net worth and and your net cash flow and why that's important. Our primary planning element captures all of that in one place. And, and so it's a one page. I can see what your assets are today, what you owe. If it's credit card, let's hope that, that there isn't too much there, but that needs to get you know, cleaned up. If there's a mortgage, that's a payment that we know is going to go away, but that's, a, you know, that's the offsetting of your net assets. You, you own assets and you, uh, and you may owe the bank something on a mortgage or something mm-hmm. along those lines. So we have your balance sheet. What that also does is it breaks down what is financial and what is total net worth. So you might own a house or two, and unless you're planning on uh, uh, selling them and using them as a liquid asset to support your lifestyle needs with income, that's an asset on your balance sheet, but it's not a financial asset that we can draw income from. So what we want to be able to do there is what that when measuring it, like you asked, is we want to see where you are today and is it growing or is it maintaining itself as we're making withdrawals? And when we also look at that is it also on our piece is we show what you need to spend, that very first question. What what do you need to get com- what do you need to have coming in from cash flow? And on that primary planning elements, we'll identify social security if you have a pension. If you are or plan to withdraw from your investments, what is that total amount? And as a percentage of your assets, what is that withdrawal rate? And so then we can see, all right, we need to take, we need to have a total of $100,000 coming in, and we have it coming from pension, social security, and some amount from investments, and that's such a withdrawal rate. And we're able to revisit that over time. And the reason I think that part is so important is when we put all of that together, it gives you a snapshot of the way things are right now. And if we don't come back to it and reassess and and, uh, determine, is this actually what we said you were going to spend? Did you actually spend that? Are you spending more or less? Uh, Are your assets maintaining as we intended? 
Uh, maybe there is a, a particular account that we're expecting to use up uh, while we let other assets grow. We're able to look at that over time. So we, it's not just a snapshot in time, but we keep taking the photograph over and over and we're able to see the progress that we've made. And then if we do come back to it, sometimes people, it might be an asset of savings. And when we come back to it, well, I, I was spending what you sent me and I was spending social security, but meanwhile, we see a savings account that's going down. Well, then we know we're taking money from somewhere else and we're able to identify that and, and, and head that off and have that conversation rather than you know, five years later, realize that a $50,000 savings account is, is gone and you know, there was 10,000 of spending that wasn't really brought out into the open. And on the flip side, do you find that you have to, in some cases, assure someone you can spend money? You don't have to eat beans out of a can. You know, I'm so glad you asked that because that that's really, I think, when people come to a financial planner or sometimes why people maybe think they don't want to go to a financial planner is right away, they think they're going to tell them, you have to cut back or where can you get cut back. And that's one of the reasons I always say spending plan and not budget. Because to me, budgets are somewhere where we're finding places to cut. Spending plan is just what is your lifestyle cost? You you got to spend that. So um, so yeah, I think that's that's one of the things we love is we have we have people come into the office and they have good income. They've been great savers. They've been very frugal. And what I find is when you retire, however you lived your life, it doesn't change a whole lot. You're not going to all of a sudden become this wild spender if you <laughs> lived your life so frugally. On the other hand, by having done that, maybe getting a beach house is something that's you know in the possibility of things. And if we don't have a conversation about things you would really, well, it would be nice instead of renting every year. Well, you've done such a great job. You can do that. You won't change your lifestyle. Instead of just renting, you'll just go to your shore house, but otherwise everything will be the same. Those are great conversations to have because a lot of times you get in that mindset and I never did it. I didn't think I could or should do it. And now, well, you have the freedom to have that conversation. And because we're keeping track of it, like you said, we can see how well it can be managed. Or in some cases, we do have to say, no, that's probably a little bit too far of a reach. Maybe that's a little too nice of a car or something like that. But most of the time, I find uh, we do tell people, you know, it's okay to go do those extra things. It's okay for that big family, you know, a lot of big wedding anniversaries. You know, we're, right. I was joking about Disney, but I have a Disney timeshare and there's one prop there's one space where you i think it's i think it's like 15 or it must sleep 16 people it's it's you know it's a, a much bigger space and i've always thought how cool would that be to just take the family you know when there's grandkids and just this huge family and and just kind of splurge at something like that well that's where you want to be able to say yeah you can do that that's that's something that you're not you got to do that every year so yeah you can afford to do that and that's that keeping track of that gives you the freedom to have that conversation and identify that, yeah, that's very, very doable. As long as there are doors on all the rooms. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's Obviously, right. We've been thinking about this too. Yes, yeah. <laughs> and now, Pete, do you encourage people to track their net worth and spending? And if you do, how, how closely should they track it? Yeah, I think uh, the, as far as the net worth it, it is, it goes, that's something we, you know, we can take a snapshot of what all of your assets are once a year. And so that's fairly a fair, and I do think you should keep track of that because you do want to see that mm -hmm. you are maintaining and growing, or you do want to see 
if something is, because uh, one that's one of the common things I see is someone will have a a a, a savings account and they'll tell us I have forty thousand in savings and then it'll be thirty five and then it'll be thirty and if you know all of a sudden so and we can go back and say look remember here you said you had this and now you know your forty thousand is down to fifteen and then we, what do we spend that on so it helps us identify some of those things that maybe we're not paying close you know attention the the, the spender isn't paying close attention to. But tracking your spending, yes, I think that is really, as I said from the very beginning, very important. And to your other question, it doesn't have to be absolutely precise and it doesn't have to be every little line item. I'll say to somebody, how much do you spend? And they start to say, well, this is my cable bill is this and I pay this for uh, you know, my homeowner's insurance. No, we don't need to know all of those little details you probably spend a certain amount on a regular basis every month. And so we have, we have clients who leading up to retirement will just keep track of what they spent in a month in total. And so then we see a pattern. You, you are pretty close to $7,000 a month. On, you know, sometimes it's eight, sometimes it's six, but it's, it tends to be seven. Uh, or it might be every August the you know the school tax bill comes around and you have an extraordinary expense, but we can kind of smooth that out over the course of a year. And so we track that spending. And I think that's very important because then what also happens is we do have those extraordinary expenses. I, I say to people before they retire, the unexpected things I can promise you are going to happen are either your kids are going to need a little bit of help or you're going to get a big dental bill. They're the, they're the things oh. that happen to people as they get older, you know, your kids can be, uh, you know, maybe just need a little bit of help and you didn't see that coming, but it, it, it's something that happens enough that we could see it coming or that, you know, the dental bills are, the, are really the big one. So that's a bill you can afford to pay, but it's not something you can think about doing every single year for sure. So those are why we want to keep track of spending is if we know exactly what we're spending and then we have this big $7,500 dental bill. Yeah, we can swing that this year because we know we're probably not going to get another $7,500 dental bill next year. And so it helps back to that confidence question. It comes back to that. We know, yeah, we can do that this year. uh, And this is where we're going to get it from. So keeping track of spending is, is, is very important. And back to the, again, to confidence is we run numbers and we show people how things are going to play out or how we perceive they can play out over a long period of time. And and really goals in a financial plan, they're guesses. We're doing our best that we can in assuming going forward. So it's important that we measure it because then we can actually show we actually did what we thought we were going to do. So those guesses are now you know, informed decisions because we're actually doing what we thought we were going to do and we're keeping pace with that. So I, I think it just helps with the confidence. It helps us make adjustments if, if, if something happens extraordinarily in a year or to your point, you know, it also identifies where you could do a little bit more if you wanted to, because you're keeping track of it and you can see what a little adjustment one way or the other could still be, how that could still be managed. Pete, that's all really good information that we've covered and that you've just wrapped up and summarized. Are there any additional thoughts, though, before we, we sign off here? Yeah, I guess really the last question is, I think it's a good idea to to just jot down what you spend in a month and know what that number is and know that before you get to retirement, you want to be able to go in and tell your boss you quit 
because you know that you're going to be able to replace that paycheck with some other source. And knowing what that is, I think is, is, very, is very important. So keep track of your spending. Uh, I guess really, you know, read, tell your boss I quit and go through <laughs> some of the exercises we have. We have a, you know, the primary planning elements, start to keep track of your balance sheet and see what your, see what your goals and what your potential spending would be. And also, I think really just start to think about what you would like to do. We get in that mindset of just having a paycheck and we just, the money comes in and we just do things. Really start to think about what you might do differently if you were not working as much. And that'll also help inform whether or not you're going to spend any more or less and be prepared for that. Pete, how can people reach you if they've got questions? Sure. Well, where we can be found, uh, well, you can just call us. Megan will be happy to answer the phone and see if we can set up a, a chat, but uh, 267-470-4109. But the easiest thing to do is just go to gootfinancial.com and you can see us on the website there. Uh, you can follow in past podcasts. Uh, you can. Uh, we have the first uh, retirement readiness checklist that you can download there and also an easy way for you to order the book, Tell Your Boss I Quit. So, Look for us on the internet, follow us here on the podcast and give us a call or shoot us an email. And right there on the website, you can even schedule a time to, to make a you know quick call. And we're happy to start a conversation. I think you said it all there, but I'm going to repeat it anyway. All right. <laughs> <laughs> know, know what you have to spend and how much you are spending. And that's Pete Gutekunst, the author of Tell Your Boss I Quit, the host of this podcast. And yes, make sure you follow it. Some great information in here. And you'll be notified when a new show is ready, too. And share it with friends and colleagues. Thank you for listening to Tell Your Boss I Quit. Click the follow button below to be notified when new episodes become available. To learn more about defining your financial purpose and how you can thrive and not sacrifice your spending in retirement, download Tell Your Boss I Quit by Pete Goodekinst. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the host and or guests and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Raymond James. This content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional financial advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service providers with any questions you may have regarding your individual situation. Securities are offered through Raymond James Financial Services, Inc., member FINRA, and SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Raymond James Financial Services Advisors, Inc., Goot Financial Services is not a broker, dealer, and is independent of Raymond James Financial Services.